Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today we're going to be talking about how to pray as a spiritual influencer. Now, this podcast grew out of a sermon series that we did about a month ago on called Everyone on Three. And so if you haven't had a chance to watch that sermon series, I encourage you to go back and watch that. You can go to graceforohio.org and take that in, and I'm sure that it'll be an encouragement to you and help you take the next steps in your own spiritual journey. Well, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you probably understand that you have been equipped and you have been empowered to be a spiritual influencer in the lives of other people. Now, for a lot of us, uh, we're still a little intimidated by that, even though we feel like, yeah, I know that my identity, I know that uh, Jesus has uh, told me that I am salt, that I am light, that I'm a witness, uh, and that the Apostle Paul has said that I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ, that I am a living letter of this message of hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And even though we get our identity, and even though we get the fact that the Holy Spirit has empowered us, us for it, uh, we still feel a little intimidated at times. So some of us might even feel a little mortified by it. Well, about a month ago, uh, I recorded a podcast uh, that uh, introduced this principle about us being a guide rather than a guru. And what I meant by that is maybe we need to take the pressure off a little bit and not feel like that we have to have all the answers for everyone. Certainly, we need to be well-informed about our faith. No doubt about that. We need to be learning more about it. We need to understand the gospel might need to know some answers to some fundamental questions. But on the other hand, we shouldn't think of ourselves as being the reference section of a library when it comes to faith. Certainly, we need to be growing, but maybe we shouldn't look at ourselves that way. Instead, maybe look at ourselves more as a guide, the relational side of things, where we are helping guide people to the answers of the questions that they might have. And again, certainly you might want to know some fundamental answers, but your principal role is to lead them and guide them into uh, discovering the answers that they have about faith. And so if you want to check out that podcast, um, it was about a month ago, and we called it Sharing Your Faith in a Way That's You. And I encourage you to go back and take a look at that or to listen to it. Having said that, um, one of the most neglected parts, I think, of the Christian life, I haven't met a single person that I've talked to where this hasn't been the case, where they're really happy with their prayer life. Almost everyone feels like they could be praying more. But especially when it comes to this topic of being a spiritual influencer, where we are somebody who is endeavoring to influence somebody toward faith and communicate to them the hope and the full life that's found in Jesus Christ. Prayer usually isn't a strong part of that. So what does the prayer of a spiritual influencer look like? Well, that's what we want to talk about today. And so what we want to uh, learn about is the fact that we need to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. And so um, how is it that we do that? Well, there's two components to it. I, I like this quote by R.A. Torrey, who is uh, an American evangelist who lived uh, about the, at the beginning of the 20th century. And this is what he said. He said, the most important human factor in effective evangelism is prayer. See, by definition, evangelism requires proclamation. It's a requirement. It's a prerequisite. But prayer is fundamental to that. So what does that prayer look like? Well, it looks like praying for yourself and it looks like praying for others because there are three people in this spiritual conversation. There is God himself who is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one who has empowered you. He's the one who's equipped you. And, and uh, there's yourself 
that God is using to communicate this message. And this is a person you're talking to that God is also working in his life to draw him and to bring about conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so there's three people involved in this spiritual equation. And so we need to be praying for ourselves and we need to be praying for others. So that's the first part that we want to talk about is how do I pray for myself? Well, the first way I think the scripture invites us to pray is to pray for compassion. You know, compassion, I believe, is essential for evangelism. And the reason I say that is because it adds a lot of integrity to our message, because the message that we're communicating essentially is a message of compassion. God is having compassion. He's extending compassion to people. He extended compassion to us, and he's also extending compassion to those who have yet to know him. And so when we extend that compassion to people, it lends integrity to our message. It reminds me of the time when Jesus was in the region of Galilee, and he was going from town to town. He was going to village to village. And uh, these throngs of people were following his ministry and were following him. And the reason they were doing it, of course, is because of the message of hope that he communicated and the full life uh, that he was communicating to them uh, through himself and through his message. And Matthew recorded Jesus' response to these crowds. And this is what he said. He said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Basically, if we want to be men and women of compassion, we need to look at people the way Jesus looked at people. And he looked at them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, when you look around, you can see that there's all kinds of hurt and there's all kinds of pain around in the world, no doubt about that. There are um, mental health challenges that people are experiencing. There's anxiety, there's fear, there's confusion, uh, there's hurt from their past, uh, there are circumstances they're in and they're present, which is very difficult for people to deal with these days. And without that kind of spiritual direction, without somebody in their corner, they're helpless, and uh, the the culture is harassing them, and they're harassed by their pain and their heartache and by their past. And our response as compassionate spiritual influencers is to get in their corner and to begin begin guiding them to the truth that Jesus has for them. And that's what we are looking to do uh, in their lives. People need people gently guiding them to the truth that's found in Jesus Christ. So the first is to pray for compassion. The second prayer for us is to pray for righteous living. Now, if you want to talk about anything that should be bringing integrity to our message, is the fact that we should be living righteously ourselves. Uh, if we're proclaiming a message of repentance and redemption, then we, our lives and transformation, then our lives should be reflecting that. They should be reflecting a consistently repentant lifestyle where we're turning away from our ways and turning toward God's ways. We should be uh, demonstrating that our lives have been transformed by the message of hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And so, that righteous living really is a great witness in and of itself, and we need to make sure that our lives is backing the message that we are trying to proclaim. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The Apostle Peter wrote, he said, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I really kind of feel like this 
point about righteous living can be summarized by one quote that I heard from a former pastor. He's with the Lord now, uh, who was pastor at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Florida. D. James Kennedy was his name. And he said this. He said, if the lives that we live are not consistent with the message that we are sharing, then how we live will speak so loudly that people won't be able to hear what we have to say. And boy, I think that is true. And that really summarizes, I think, uh, the imperative in making sure that we are praying uh, for righteous living and righteous life. There's a third way I think we can be praying, and that is to be praying for readiness. You know, there's a time when God is going to answer your prayer, uh, and you're going to have the opportunity to share the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter said, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ will be ashamed of their slander. When God grants you that opportunity, uh, then you need to be ready. I need to be ready. And the best advice I can give about that is to look at every encounter as a potential sowing encounter, an opportunity to introduce God into the conversation. The second piece of advice I can give to you on that would be to make sure you know and you understand the gospel, not just the words of the gospel, but that you understand the gospel, that you understand what grace is, that you understand uh, the nature of man, that he's a sinner and he can't save himself, that you understand who God is, that he's just, but he's also loving, that you understand the person, the work of Jesus Christ, and you understand what saving faith is. Do a little homework on that and understand those principles and not just the words of the gospel but understand the message of the gospel. Keep growing in that yourself. It doesn't matter which method you use. You may be familiar with the Roman road or steps to peace with God or the four spiritual laws or the bridge illustration or life's most important question or whatever it might be. You can use uh, whatever method you, but you have to understand the gospel and understand its tenets. And my encouragement to you is to be ready for that encounter by understanding the tenets of the gospel and be prepared in that way. Next, pray for opportunity. Uh, I love what the Apostle Paul said here in Colossians chapter 4. Actually, he's inviting the church to pray for him in a certain way. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And he says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every, every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. He's praying. That's a prayer for opportunity. Pray that God might open a door for our message. But it's also a prayer for clarity. How many times do you think that the Apostle Paul had shared the gospel before he wrote this letter to the church in Colossae, asking them to pray for him for clarity. Can you believe it? How many times do you think he had shared the gospel? Much more than I probably had, yet he is inviting them. As many times as he has done it, he's inviting the church to pray for him that he might proclaim the message clearly. Boy, if he required that kind of prayer, we do too. And I would encourage you to pray for yourself that you pray for clarity when it comes to sharing the gospel message. The next way to pray for ourselves is to pray for boldness. 
In the book of Acts, the Luke recorded the fact that James and Peter and James were, were um, sharing the message of hope in Christ. They were sharing about the resurrection. They were called into the principal's office. They went before the religious leaders and the elders, and they were trying to slap these guys' hands, telling them, hey, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't preach about the resurrection. Of course, they famously said, you know, you have to determine, should we follow God or should we follow man? And so they took this report back to the church who had been praying for them. And this is what Luke recorded. He said, on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, don't mistake boldness for harshness. They're not the same. As a matter of fact, we have a biblical obligation to be kind. But here's what boldness demonstrates. Boldness demonstrates for us that we have confidence, that we have confidence in the presence of God with us. We have the, uh, the, the confidence in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and we have confidence in the authority of the message of the gospel to bring about life change in the life of the person that we're communicating it to. So pray for boldness and the right kind of boldness, not the harshness kind of boldness, but the confidence kind of boldness. So those are some ways that you can pray for yourself. Now, there's another person in this equation. That's the person you're trying to communicate to. And so there are some ways that the scripture gives us insight that we can be praying for them. First is to pray for open minds. Because the unregenerate mind tends to be closed off to the message of hope that's found in the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Did you hear those really strong words uh, in those verses? Veiled, blinded, cannot see the light. Those are really strong words. And so when we are praying for people who we want to influence uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ and want to have them experience the full life that God has for them, we need to be praying for God's work in their mind and their heart, that he lifts the veil, that he opens their eyes so that the light of the gospel can penetrate and the message of the gospel can reach the heart of that person. So one of the ways that we can be praying for people is to pray for open minds. Next, we need to be praying for receptive hearts. Jesus told a parable about this. Uh, it's known by a couple of names. One is the parable of the sower, another is the parable of soils. And it's a story of a farmer that goes out and sows seed among various different kinds of soils. And there are lessons that we learn about the condition of a person's heart based upon this parable. But this is what Jesus said. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. See, for seed to germinate, you know this as well as I do, for seed to germinate, it has to be in good soil. It has to be in fertile soil. It has to be in cultivated soil. 
And what we need to be praying for, for people, now that we understand this, is that we need to be praying that God does his work even beforehand in the hearts and the lives of the people that we want to influence toward Jesus. Sometimes God will cultivate a heart through our presence and through our words and through our actions, our lifestyle. Sometimes he'll cultivate the heart through uh, the lives of other people, other Christians that come in that person's life. Sometimes he cultivates the heart through circumstances. And of course, you have the convicting work of the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so uh, we need to be praying that God is cultivating the heart of the person to be receptive to the seed of the gospel that uh, we trust one day the Lord will give us the opportunity to share with them. I was told a story about a missionary. Uh, he was to, from Brazil, or he went to Brazil to uh, serve the Lord there, and uh, the, he was from our church. And on a regular basis, uh, he would pray this prayer. He said, "Lord, allow my life to intersect the life of someone that I can most influence today." And they, man, that's a great prayer. That's that's a prayer for opportunity. That's a prayer for receptive hearts. Allow my path to cross the path of someone that I can most influence for Jesus today, someone whose heart is receptive. That's a good prayer, maybe, to pray for yourself. The next way to pray for others is to pray for conviction. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, we've, we've mentioned this verse a few times, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin Righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no more, no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, the word prove there means to set forth the truth concerning. And so the job of the Holy Spirit is to set forth the truth about sin, truth about righteousness, and the truth about judgment. It's a convicting work. Now, don't get that confused. It's not a hellfire and brimstone kind of prayer. That's not it at all. It's actually a prayer of compassion. It's a prayer of conviction that the Holy Spirit would have his way in the heart of somebody and bring them to the point where they are convicted about these things so that they will be receptive to the message of hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And so one of the ways that we can be praying is for conviction. Again, not harshly, but compassionately. The next way we can be praying for people is for responsiveness. We've talked about this a couple of times. Um, uh, John chapter 6 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who has sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. He went on to say, this is Jesus saying, that this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Now, that word enabled means to to draw or to invite. And the way that God uh, draws and invites is through the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of someone else. He works through the life of the witness. He works through the life of the church. He works through um, his work in that person's life. But then he also works and he invites through the gospel because the gospel is an invitation. It's an invitation to accept the forgiveness and accept the truth of forgiveness is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so God draws through these people that he brings into the lives of people, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, and through the invitation of the gospel. So with this prayer, we are praying that the, that the person will respond to this invitation. So those are some ways that you can be praying for yourself and you can be praying for others. What does it mean to pray as a spiritual influencer? Well, it recognizes that uh, 
there are some ways I need to be praying for my own life. There's ways I need to be praying for my own heart, and the Lord has revealed those to, to me, and those need to be a regular part of my habit. And then I also need to be praying for the lives of others because God has revealed to me ways that I can be communicating uh, the hope of Jesus Christ to them, but also understanding the circumstances that they are in, those things I am trusting God to be at work in in their own lives. So being an ambassador of Jesus Christ, a spiritual influencer in someone's life requires that I pray both for myself and I pray for others. Well, I hope that uh, this podcast has been helpful for you and that helps you take your next step in your own personal faith. An immediate step that you can be taking is to go through those prayers and maybe pray uh, a prayer for yourself and a prayer for somebody else every day and maybe work your way through that list every day. And then when you get to the end of it, you just start it back over again. If you haven't watched that sermon series, Everyone in Three, I encourage you to go to graceforohio.org and to watch that. There's some good personal application uh, from those messages that I think will help you take the next step in your own spiritual journey. Well, I trust our time together has been helpful for you and that you're discovering more about what it means to experience the full life that God has for you. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us here at Grace. You can go to graceforohio.org. You can uh, find our locations there, the times when we meet, even our streaming service times uh, that might encourage you in your own spiritual journey. And I pray that you will pursue the full life that God has for you. 